Welcome, Welcome to the Author Factor Podcast, the show for profitable insights and tips with business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs who use their nonfiction book to create the ultimate competitive advantage and grow their business. Grow their business. Grow their business. Here's your host, Amazon best-selling author and book publishing coach, Mike Capuzzi. Welcome to another profitable episode of the Author Factor Podcast. I'm Mike Capuzzi, and I want to thank you for joining us. My guest today is Martin Parsons. Martin is a Marine Corps and Army National Guard veteran who is now a small business lawyer in Illinois, where he helps entrepreneurs proactively protect their businesses. He recently published a short book, The Top 10 Legal Mistakes Entrepreneurs Make in Their Small Businesses. Martin, welcome to the Author Factor Podcast. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. I appreciate the fact that you were able to accommodate me. I know we had it scheduled earlier this year and we, I had a change up. I just want to let everyone know, Martin, the reason you're on the podcast is because I am a book customer of yours. I saw somebody, I really believe it was somebody on social media, you know, showed your book. I thought the title was very intriguing and uh, I bought a copy. I, I bought the Kindle version on Amazon and Unbeknownst to me, you knew who I was. You wrote a shook. You wrote a short, helpful book, didn't you? I did. Yep. And hopefully it was helpful to you. It was, I, again, <laughs> I, we were just talking about like the, the format of the book, uh, the fact that it was short, but just, you know, who doesn't want to know what the top 10 legal mistakes are, right? As business owners and, you know, things are always changing. There's always things that we should be thinking about. Maybe we don't think about. And um, I just found it very, very engaging. So congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thank so, you. And just so for just a little bit of context, we are recording this in, in the early summer of 2023. How long ago did you publish the book, Martin? I published it in January 2022. Okay, so January, a little over a year now. All right, very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. All right, well, listen, let's jump in. And before we talk about the book and, and helping our listeners with some tips, I'd love for you to kind of expand upon not only what you're doing today, but I think, you know, your military service, you, you're in the Marine Corps, you're in the, the National Guard, the, uh, the Guard for a long time. Can you share kind of where you were and where you are today and how you serve your clients today? Yeah, sure. So I came to the law late in life after you, after that military career. I started to go to college and law school right after I got out of the Marines and uh, back in the 80s. And I got sidetracked with life and a lot of things. And then I joined the National Guard and wound up with a full-time National Guard job. And um, and through the through that time, plugged away and, and finished my undergraduate degree um, finally after about 19 years. Um, <laughs> and I, I completed the coursework actually while I was in a deployment to Iraq, wow. came back and graduated. Uh, and then a couple of years later, after I retired from the military, um, I got bored, didn't really have a plan. And so I decided to go to law school, uh, something that I had uh, always wanted to do. Wow. So if you don't mind sharing, put you <laughs> on the spot here, how old were you when you got your law degree? Um, I, I started when I was 48. Um, I, I had a very, very fun 50th birthday with all my law, law school classmates. And then I graduated <laughs> uh, 
at 51. So it's never too late. Um, yeah. That's one of the stories. That's one of the reasons I like to tell that story yes. is because, I mean, it's not too late. I've, and I tell people, I'll talk to someone it's like, I, too, I couldn't go to law school. Well, there are even older people than me who have gone to law school. So, well, congratulations. I mean, it's definitely inspirational, Martin. And I remember when, when you and I first met a couple months ago, when we, we had our first kind of introductory call. I remember you telling me that. And I was like, that's that's pretty cool. That's, I mean, you had a you know, really two distinct phases of your professional life, if you will. Yeah, it has been uh, very distinct and different um, in many ways. So today you are a lawyer in Illinois. Can you share mm-hmm. a little bit about that and typically, you know, what your what you know your clients and how you serve them? Yeah. So um, I focus our practice almost exclusively on helping small business owners and nonprofits um, get set up properly. Uh, as you mentioned in in the intro, proactively protecting their business. We really like to do the thing, help them on the front end um, to, to keep them out of trouble. So even though the fears that talking to lawyers is expensive, but it can be a lot more expensive if you wait until you have a problem that needs uh, fixed. So um, we try to provide resources and, and accessible ways to get help before they really need it. But that's almost all we do is help small businesses and nonprofits. So we're really focused and niche in in doing that. Okay, so you're in the service for years. You then became an attorney, and now you're an author. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that's another phase of your your professional life. Why did you decide, you know, to even write this first book? Like, what was, you know, what was the thinking behind that? So before I I went out on my own, uh, I opened my practice last August, so it hasn't been quite a year. Um, I was working at SIU School of Law as a clinic faculty pr- professor teaching a clinic in VA disability claims appeals. So we helped advocate for veterans to get their disability. And uh, in that context, taught young uh, uh, aspiring attorneys, hopefully a few things about how to be an attorney. It was a clinic. Um, so I did that for about five years. So in this area, um, I was known as the veterans guy. Um, if I went, I, I went to court. I, my, all my clients were veterans. If other attorneys, anybody had questions, you know, I've got a veteran who needs help. They knew that they could send him to the clinic or call Martin. He's the veterans guy. So when I decided uh, to go out on my own, actually, my wife and I, we both worked at the university and left about the same time. I didn't want to keep doing that work. Um, The clinic was going to continue to be there, so I didn't want to compete with them. um, And I just was ready for something else. Uh, We really wanted a more possibly location independent practice and looking at things uh, that we could do and, you know, who we wanted to spend our time with and decided that small business owners were going to be our clients. So I needed to rebrand myself as the veterans guy um, to be the small business guy. And as I was reading and researching, I stumbled on your your books and uh, bought all of them. Uh, your all of your you know anything that I could get that you put out, um, I have, uh, and just studied them, uh, read them front and back, and and decided that that was going to be a great way to rebrand myself to show them that I know something other than than the veterans stuff. 
Well, hopefully it's worked out. Well, we're going to get into that here in a second. But again, I think what's so interesting, Martin, and this is not the first time this has happened, where I did not know any of that. You know, when I read, I reached out to you because again, I, I just thought it was a an interesting book. Then when I bought it, I'm like, wait, this looks like a shook, you know? And I'm like, that, that's what I reached out to you. So um, again, congratulations. It's no small feat. Even if it's a short book, it's still, you've done something that so many people have never done. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always get encouraged by folks that, you know, take the time and energy because I'm sure, even though you didn't mention it, I'm sure your number one goal was to be proactive in helping. This is all about helping people, right? Your prospects, yeah. your clients, and, and and short books are just great ways to do that. So we want people to buy your book because a lot of them, not all of them have their own businesses. So I'd love for you, Martin, to share, you know, just one or two tips that, you know, you cover in your book. You know, don't go too deep, but you know, if, if you and I were having a, you know, having lunch or having a beer somewhere, and I just said, "Hey, what, what, what's the number one mistake? If I'm thinking about going into business, what's the number one thing I should worry about, or the, or the number one and number two things? What, what would you say to me?" Uh, probably the the thing that a lot of small business owners neglect or they don't want to do is just getting set up properly with the right business structure um, in order to protect yourself. And that's a question that varies depending on the individual business owner on what's right for them, but finding out what that is and getting that set up. Um, I often push people towards an LLC, but again, we won't necessarily go into the, the, the end of that today, but getting set up properly. And then when they do, making sure that those formalities are maintained. Um, and then agreements seems to be something that many small business owners neglect having well written well first of all having any written agreements um, let alone then well written and i would strongly recommend attorney reviewed if not drafted uh, agreements for with with your employees with vendors with customers um, agreements 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 um, and and then probably the other thing that i do i push a lot on uh, is an employee handbook you have employees even if you have one employees it's the rules for how they're supposed to behave um, and and the culture so that if you have an employee that eventually isn't doing what they're supposed to do well, how did they know what the rules were um, you, can't, you can't play the game if you don't know the rules um, or you can't you can't give them a a a, a demerit or a, call a, a ball or a strike if they don't know what the the strike zone is you know i remember i incorporated my first company in 1998 and being you know I have I have an engineering degree so I have an engineering brain it's not something that's ever changed even though I haven't done engineering in 30 years but um, I remember being very methodical uh, much like you were researching how to do books and all that I remember doing that years ago wanted to make sure I was you know had an accountant did everything right because there's you know, there's just so many opportunities to screw something up that maybe it doesn't bite you today, but it could bite you in the future. I think having, you know, that's why I think your book is such a great little book. I mean, foundationally, your 10 mistakes that you share, they form the foundation of really kind of CYA, covering your butt as a business owner, which in this day and age, in my opinion, is, you know, not only is it, it's critical and it's a necessity. There's just too many opportunities to, you know, have something, you know, just go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We live in a very uh, litigious society. 
for sure. One question just about your first tip where it's setting up the business properly. So you're talking, you know, S-Corp, LLC, LLP, whatever it might be, whatever the structure is, like you said, dependent on your client. Yeah. In case somebody's listening, Martin, and has yet to do that. I mean, they just really started their business. They're kind of, you know, sole, what are they, sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just kind of, you know, is it that big of a deal to sort of step into doing the right thing when you're already midstream or, you know, you've been in business even a couple of years, just kind of working down and dirty? No, it's really not. I mean, it's not, it's not that tough. Uh, most, uh, so registering your business, it's all state specific. So I can't give um, specific advice except for Illinois and Missouri um, licensed, but it's it's a state specific thing. And most states, you can do it online. Um, and it's not, the cost is not that much to do it. And like I, said, I typically, for most businesses, I recommend an LLC just because it's, um, it just, simple to set up, doesn't require a lot of ongoing maintenance. When you set up your first business back in that time period, LLCs weren't quite as popular as they are now, if even available. They were, I did, um, an, I did an S Corp. For the yeah, and, and because that's what mostly what they talked about because of the tax advantages of that. And, and with an LLC, you can make an S Corp election, but that's, I think it's probably the, one of the best ways to separate your business Absolutely. and personal stuff um, because as a sole proprietor you're not protected uh, or as a partner if you have partners your personal stuff isn't protected um, and an llc is really the first level that someone can do that i um, mean it's just not that if, if you're if you're in business spend the time go to the secretary of state's website and google around figure out how to do it um, and, and do it or invest the money in, a, in an attorney locally to help you navigate it but and I guess we should clarify this. You are uh, in Missouri and Illinois as mm-hmm. a lawyer, yet your book is applicable to any business owner anywhere in the country. Yeah, it would be. It's, I tried to keep it in some ways general. I mean, some of the forms that are in there are Illinois specific, but uh, generally the information in there would help anyone wherever they're at. Even, and you're using it as a lead generation. I mean, I shouldn't assume that, but I'm going to kind of assume it. It's, it's a lead generation book. You're trying to find clients through it, but even if someone cannot be a client, you could either refer, or, you know, there's some opportunity, but the book is still appropriate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the book. You, you know, you put it together. How long did it take you to put together just to, to, to write and publish? And I, I was on a really tight time frame, probably totally, total two months. Um, I had committed to help a nonprofit um, called Dog Tag Bakery. It's a veteran nonprofit, I'll give them a plug, um, that uh, trains disabled veterans to be entrepreneurs in the context of a bakery. And they were starting a virtual cohort. They needed a lawyer. Um, I committed to, and through friends, uh, I was asked to do that. I had been noodling this idea around about a book and my wife said, well, you need to finish it so that you can give it to this, this class. And so that really, it, it gave me a hard deadline, which is uh, when, if I ever talk to people about, when I talk to them about writing a book, um, having a deadline really helped me um, get it done. And, and as well as my wife giving me the space to get it done in the time, because it took a lot of time in those two months. My nights and weekends were 
consumed with it because I was uh, on a pretty tight time. And because I chose to do it all myself, um, it took a lot more time than it would have been if I had handed that project over to you, for example, uh, Mike. Oh, you got it done though. So, you know, again, I did. We did. So (laughs) you get it done. Tell me what ways are you, you know, what are you doing, Martin, or what's your number one way to get the book out there? Is it handing it out when you're speaking and everything just, you know, or is it online? Like, what are you, what are you doing that? Yeah. So I took that first way that I used it. I, I, cause it was part of this, I was a virtual cohort. So there were 12 students in this class. It was all virtual, but I sent them all copies of the book. And then, uh, I base my talk around the 10 chapters and, uh, and it's the, the model that I have used now later. Um, so I, I have a survey, a Google survey that I send all the attendees, um, asking them for their interest in each of the 10 chapters to gauge, you know, what should I talk about? Everybody gets a book. In that case, I sent it to them. Um, uh, and then I just talk through those, those chapters, giving them opportunities for questions at the end. And then be, I have gathered their emails to follow up later. And then I, so I took that model and I've used that at, um, I'm a member of three local chambers of commerce. So I've offered that same 60 to 90 minute course uh, over a lunchtime hour to local chamber members. We have a couple of uh, uh, small business incubators that I'm involved in. I've done the same thing there. Um, and uh, a uh, kind of a cool uh, a high school um, CEO program, uh, which is pretty exciting yeah. to work with young, very yeah. young uh, entrepreneurs in that setting. But uh, that's that's one of the big ways that I do that is in that in that setting. And then I, everywhere I go, I've got uh, a, a, in my bag, I've got a copy or two, and I go to something that may not be about my 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 book, but if if there are entrepreneurs there and we're talking about things, almost every time through the course of discussions, there's an opportunity to, to talk about the book. Um, I've gone to discussions about how to market your business and they're talking and I say, you know, here's a good way, write a book. And I take it out of my bag and then I pass them out. And so, uh, for your local meetings, I'm interested in knowing this, um, your chambers of commerce, when you the first strategy described, do you find a lot of other members are book authors and, and kind of leveraging? No, there are not. I'm, I'm in fact, the, one of the uh, incubators that I'm a part of, I, and I would have many of those those business owners tell me, gosh, I'd love to write a book too. So they got enough of those those requests that I put together a short class, um, an hour class about how I did it, mm-hmm. um, including many references to your resources. resources. Um, and But interestingly, they were all small business owners, but out of the, the first class had... 13 attendees, uh, the, the second phase had nine, none of them were interested in writing a book to promote their business. Mm. They all wanted to do other things, right. um, write you know, novels or biographies and devotionals. Yeah. Um, none of it was to promote their business, which then I had to readjust the whole way I was teaching the class or talking about the class. Yeah, um, it's, it's, you know, it requires a marketing oriented mind. You've got to be, you know, because most businesses don't, don't even think about it, right? It's not mm-hmm. a typical thing. That's why I was asking, I asked that sort of loaded question, but 
Um, you definitely have to be more of a marketing uh, oriented business owner to even mm-hmm. think entertain yeah. it. Yeah, and even though I've talked to several people directly, like, you know, your business would be perfect mm-hmm. for having yeah. a small book yeah. Yeah. and it's not that tough and here's some ideas and um, they haven't and they probably won't um, in the end do it. Are you one and done? Do you have any other books in the future? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, because we do small businesses and nonprofits, I've been working on one uh, more specifically for, and the, and the nonprofit side has really been growing um, recently for some reason. Um, so I thought, and a lot of the information that I'm giving them is is information that could be in a book or, or something that could help them uh, and save them a little money up front. So um, that's, that's what I'm working on now. Very good. Is there any mistake you made with the first book, Martin, that you're not going to make in the second and you would want to warn <laughs> listeners about? Well, part of it was doing it all myself. Um, I mean, I, whether that's a mistake or not, but it just ca- it took a lot of time. I mean, it takes a lot of time to learn how to do all those things. There are a lot of great resources to figure it out, but it does take time. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't, I don't know if it was a mistake, just I might think about if I was starting all over. Um, the other was I originally... Uh, I initially published to Ingram Spark, uh, and then and got some copies that way, and then did more research, and uh, now I'm almost exclusively on Amazon. I haven't ordered any additional copies on Ingram because they're uh, at the time. Every time you made a change, you had to right. pay to have that change. I think they just they, recently they just did, yeah. um, changed that because Amazon doesn't have that charge. So to compete, they needed to, um, but their costs still per book were enough more expensive than Amazon that it just wasn't really worth it. And there are, for what I'm doing, just being on one platform is fine. Right. Yeah. There could be a whole discussion on distribution to other avenues that um, I'm not utilizing, but I would just have probably left Ingram spark alone and went straight with Amazon. Most people, as a matter of fact, my new book that we were talking about, the magic of free books, my new old book, I actually did publish it on both. And there is a very, if you're going to go, if you want maximum distribution online, there's a, even a sequence of how you do it because I haven't gotten that right in the past. But we did it right this time. But, you know, Amazon's the 800-pound gorilla. Certain people don't want to buy on Amazon. So, you know, we send out books. You mentioned you got a book directly from my office at one point. So, mm-hmm. um, hey, listen, before we get ready to wrap up here, Mark, because you and I could talk for a while, I, I would like to end with this question. I'd love to hear you know, what it has meant so far for you to be a book author. You know, what has it meant to you? You mentioned, the, you know, the, one of the ideas, one of the reasons why was that rebranding. Obviously, you're helping people, but for Martin Parsons, what does it mean to be a book author? Um, it's definitely open doors um, for uh, speaking and being in different places. Just this past weekend, um, through a client that I have, I was asked to speak to uh, a group of 160 um, hairdressers who were there for their CLE, and she included a, an hour about legal stuff. And uh, she, that's how she introduced me is, oh, you know, you need to listen to this guy because he's got a book. Um, in addition to Martin Parsons, my name is all, Martin Parsons was also a famous hairdresser, but that's uh, another story. Um, and then I'm speaking again next Monday for this. Uh, she has another conference somewhere else, but um, that book is a big part of that reason. It's open doors and that's, and I have uh, a handful of clients who specifically um, came to me and told me they've come to work with me because 
I have a book. Um, so those that credibility and those reasons um, are real, really important to what I do and help differentiate me, I think, um, as a lawyer. How do I make myself different from the other lawyers who are practicing? And there, are, there aren't any lawyers in my area who focus as exclusively on small businesses as I do, but many of them do small business stuff. So again, it sets me out as the expert in that field. Congratulations on that. And uh, I look forward to hearing about the second book when that's done. First things first, how can our listeners learn more about you? If they want to grab a copy of the book, what's the best way to get it? All that good stuff. Yeah, so um, it's on Amazon, so you can grab a copy there and Kindle and and uh, soft cover. Um, you can, about me and my practice, uh, legaladvocacyheadquarters.com. And I also have a, a resource that I'm, I want to share with your listeners, um, a small business uh, legal assessment so that they can see kind of where they're at. It lines up uh, somewhat with our with the chapters in the book, um, and they can get that at legaladvocacyheadquarters.com forward slash um, author factor. Well, we'll have all those in the show notes, Martin. I do appreciate it. I'm thankful that we uh, got the opportunity to reconnect and uh, get this uh, interview done on your first book. And when the next one's done, let me know. We'll have another conversation. Definitely. Thanks, Mike. All right, Martin. Take care. And to my listeners, thank you. And if you found this podcast helpful, please help me grow it by sharing with your network and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, this is Mike Capuzzi. Thank you for listening to the Author Factor Podcast. To learn more about Mike's unique short book publishing opportunities, please visit bitesizedbooks.com.